You guys have been enjoying the, the series that we've been going through? I hope so. I've been, like I said, I've been uh, challenging, God's been challenging me with this as we go. How many of you realize sometimes we think we got it all together and we realize, wow, I don't have as much together as I thought I did, right? But God knows how to get us. So we've called this series In Season, The Fruit of the Spirit, and uh, we are on part seven today. So we're talking about the fruit of faithfulness. And let me just say, when I say that word faithful, uh, different things may come to your mind. Anybody ever think when you hear faithful, what is that? Old faithful. Now, I had a few people in the first service that actually have been there. How many, has anybody ever been? Look at all these hands. Oh my goodness. We've never been there. That's too far north. We've never, and uh, is there anything, what, what state is it in? I forget. Wyoming. Wyoming. I've never been to Wyoming. So, uh, I lived in Colorado, but we didn't go up that way. So, uh, But you may not be thinking of the geyser, Old Faithful. Uh, maybe you're thinking of this, right? The, who knows who that is? All right, who can sing the song? Old Yeller, come back. No, I'm just not going to go any more than that. But how many of you, your pet is Faithful? right? And we put, oh man, my pet, he's so faithful. He's there as long as you feed them right and, uh, and love on them. So maybe you're not thinking about a what, but a who. Maybe there's an individual that come to your, comes to your mind. And, and I can tell you over the years, the many people that we've had in the churches we've pastored, there's a lot of people that have demonstrated faithfulness. And for the sake of not offending anybody here, I'm not going to name anybody in this church because I may say, oh, this person's faithful. And you're like, well, they didn't name me. Right? He didn't say anything about me, uh, so I'm not gonna, I'm, I am going to name one person at the end of this message, but there's for a reason for that. But if you're faithful, how many of you know? You know it. All right? You know it. I want to go back to our church in Texas, and uh, there was a couple there. They're still there, as a matter of fact, and uh, their name is John and Becky Korb. He was one of the deacons. He's been at that church for a long time. One thing I can say about this couple is they were always constant. They were always dependable, always reliable, always trustworthy. If he said he was going to do something, he would get done 100% of the time. If he says, I'm going to be somewhere, I knew that he would be there. As a matter of fact, I have quoted him a few times. Uh, some of you may remember, he, he talks, if you can see, he is a Texas guy, and he would talk with a low, deep saw, uh, drawl. And I'll never forget one time, I was just off the cuff. Somebody wasn't there that wasn't always faithful. I said, I wonder where so-and-so is. And he looked at me and goes, well, pastor, uh, they probably didn't have any peanut butter. And I was like, what does that have to do? And he goes, well, one excuse is as good as the other. <laughs> so when I see him, I still hear that. So, uh, but let me tell you, they, were, they, were, they have always been dependable. And this is, uh, I had to actually call or text him the other day to find out how long have you guys been at that church and leadership in that church only. They moved to Giddings in 1969. They've been at that church for 53 years. Right? One church for 53 years. And let me just say that this church in Giddings is like any other church. How many of you know every church has got highs and lows? Right? Good things happening, not so good things happening. They never once can thought of leaving that church. They're like, this is our church. This is where we're committed to. And just solid, faithful people. Uh, they may end up watching this later because I told them I'm putting their picture up on the uh, 
on the screen. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, Paul talks about our sinful nature, and he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So I'm going to kind of re-go over this, because I'm hoping to get it deep down in our spirit. Uh, you may be getting tired of me saying it, but we need to get it on the inside, down deep, right? I want to start out in Galatians 5, verse 19. Paul says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So this is basically the fruit of our sinful nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So that's not an exhaustive list, is it? And then he goes on to say, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God, right? That's what the word says. That's the fruit of the the sinful nature. But then he goes on to compare in verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And hopefully we know this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these. So the evidence of the fruit in your life is what is on the inside. It's the outgrowth of your spirit. All right? The person who is rooted and grounded in Jesus acts this way, but the person who is living in their sinful nature, all of these aspects come out. All right? So basically, which one you want? It's not an oversimplification to say that you can tell whether somebody's a Christian or not by watching how they talk and how they act. That's the lifestyle. And listen, in case you're thinking that Galatians is an isolated scripture talking about that, it's not. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. So think about this. These are people that are proclaiming a message from God. They're a prophet. And how do we tell whether they're real or not? He says you can identify them how? By their fruit. That is the way they act, uh, the way, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces good fruit. He says a good, what did I say backwards? I got a new tongue here. I'm working it out. So uh, a good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. There we go. I don't want to be misquoting the word, right? A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down, thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit. Look at this. Let's read this last part. So you can identify people by their actions. That's why there's a lot of people that, that, ooh, I don't want anything to do with church because I've seen people that go to church and they don't act like a believer. They gossip, they backstab, they, you know, got all this stuff. And it's like, so there are people that have misunderstood what a believer is by a Christian that's not acting like a Christian. Right? We should be demonstrating love, joy, peace, all of that. Look what Jesus said to the Pharisees who were religious leaders of the day. He tells them, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree, again, is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How many of you know Jesus is talking to the Pharisees there? How can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflows, or some of you have learned it, the abundance of your heart, guess what? Our mouth speaks. Wow, that was really loud, right? The words that come out of your mouth 
Guess what? They come from your heart. Sometimes we're like, oh God, help me control my mouth. How many of you know the problem isn't your mouth? The problem's your heart. We're trying to fix our mouth and, oh, I can't say the wrong thing. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, how many of you realize eventually if you don't deal with the heart issue, your mouth is going to say the wrong thing? It's going to come out. In verse 35, he says, The good man brings good things out of the good that is stored up in him. And the evil man, the evil things out of what is stored up in him. So if you put all of that together, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all of that, that is the recognizable evidence of a committed follower of Christ. Someone that is committed to Christ, all of these things are going to be evident. And you can recognize that, right? The evil man says, does evil things. The good man says and does good things. So it's very clear. By watching and listening, you can tell if somebody's good or evil. Jesus made it clear that the fruit of my life is evident by the condition of my heart. What is my heart? And listen, I know we all make excuses. I've made excuses for bad attitudes. Anybody ever make an excuse for your bad attitude? Make an excuse for the words that come out of your mouth, maybe then actions. And, and a lot of times our excuses kind of revolve around, well, you know what, pastor, you don't understand my upbringing, right? You don't understand my background. My background, that's why I have this attitude. Or my culture. How many of you know sometimes we like to blame our culture? And, and my wife's not in here, but uh, she's got Irish in her. Anybody else have Irish in them? And uh, Irish, what are they known for? Yeah, they're known for fighting, right? And it's like, uh, I don't know why that is, but it's like, Pastor, I got to fight. I'm Irish. You know, I just got to throw the dukes up, you know, every now and then. A lot of people excuse their sinful behavior because of their culture. Well, this is how I was raised. This is how that happened. Or, Or maybe your personality, your temperament, maybe what someone said. Listen, the fruit we produce is not because of the circumstance around us. It's the condition of the tree. It's the condition of what's going on. You say, Pastor Scott, I'm not convinced. I know non-believers that have joy. I know people that don't follow Jesus that have patience. And, and yes, you do. <laughs> and this is not exclusive just for a follower of Christ, but this is where I think a lot of people get confused. Paul's list is not the fruits of the Spirit, right? Plural, like, oh, I've got all these fruits. It is the fruit of the Spirit, Singular. So what, what am I saying is that all of these fruits, even though I've been listing all the different ones, how many of you know they're all on the same tree? Yeah, what's that? They're in the same basket. They're not different ones. The fruit of the Spirit is all nine of them working together. And you're like, whoa, all nine of them. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, It's impossible without Jesus. So yes, without Jesus, you can be a patient person. You can be a joyful person. You can be a peaceful person. But are you going to have all nine of those? That only comes from a relationship with Christ. That only comes from the Holy Spirit working that in your life. So today, we're coming to the next fruit in the list, and that is faithfulness. I've got a definition here. Faithfulness, steady in allegiance or affection, loyal, uh, constant, true to one's words, promises and vows, strict and a thoroughworthy, dependable. How many of you are like, man, I want people like that in my life? I want people that are uh, faithful to me. How many of you want a spouse that way? How many of you have a spouse that way? Come on, we're getting brownie points, man. You better raise your hand, right? We want friends in our life. You want your leaders to be faithful, am I right? 
So uh, to be unfaithful, here's the definition of unfaithful, is uh, unworthy of confidence or trust, disloyal, deceitful, adulterous, or untrue. Listen, I don't want that kind of person in my life, and guess what? I sure don't want to be that kind of person. How many of you know, we're, we, we can identify that in others, but it's like, okay, God, is that recognize me? And that, is that me? So what does that look like? And so I've been doing a different fruit each week. Uh, did anybody see my lemon up here already? So the lemon I am identifying with faithfulness for a reason. And uh, let me just kind of give you the reason for that. So we've done cherries. How many of you have ever eaten really good cherries before? Right? Anybody ever get one and it was kind of bitter? Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh man, these aren't good ones. Or watermelon, we did a watermelon. I got to pick the watermelons last time and they were really good, but anybody ever cut into one and it was kind of like, meh, you know, it's, <laughs> meh. Or oranges, the oranges last week, how many of you think they were like, meh? Yeah, they weren't that great. Sorry about that, you know, because those fruit, you get them, you really never know if it's going to be a good one until you bite into it. But how many of you know a lemon is consistently sour? right? Nobody has to guess if this is going to be a sour lemon or not. It doesn't matter whether you get it from China, the Philippines, Argentina, wherever. A lemon is a lemon. It's sour no matter what. I want to prove that to you as I cut into it today, how sour it is, because you guys are going to have a physical reaction to this as I grab this lemon and bite into it. Yep. It's consistently sour. Anybody feel that in their jaw? Yeah. Robert, come up here. He said he didn't, so I'm going to have you bite into one. Oh, he wants me to do it again, right? Woo. Hang on. Hmm. Lemonade. So that's why a lemon represents faithfulness. It's consistent. You can count on it. So I want to talk about what is a person like that, uh, that has this fruit of faithfulness into their... Oh, I didn't put it up there. There it is right there. Lemon faithfulness. Uh, I'm going to give you a few characteristics. This is not the whole list, but I think it's a good start of what a faithful person looks like. And I think number one is that faithful people are humble. They don't demand attention. They don't want recognition. Uh, if, I have some, if somebody has done something and I know that they're faithful, they don't want me to say anything. Don't even bother. I don't want the recognition. As a matter of fact, if I did point some of you guys out, you'd be like, don't say anything about me. I don't mention it. They want people to benefit from their work and sacrifice. They don't ever have this approach of, oh, look, pastor, look what I did, Right? I mean, that's kind of what uh, our grandkids at two and three years old, like, like, watch me, watch me. How many of you know that's what kids do? Look what I can do. And, and they, wanted, they want you to watch them. But a faithful person that is mature says, you know what? I just want to do this. I'm not fighting for a position. I, I, I just, I'm, not, I'm not needing all this recognition. I just want to be able to be a part of what God is doing. And I'm going to tell you that when things go wrong, that's when faithfulness really shows up. It's easy to, how many of you found it? It's easy to do the right thing when people are faithful and everybody else is nice and kind and man, everything's going good. It's easy to be faithful when everybody else around you is faithful, right? But can I tell you, this is number two, faithful people do right even when others do wrong. 
Even when everything is going the wrong way, when they get gossiped about, guess what? They're like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're talking about me. I know a little bit of juice on you, too. Let me go tell something. No, they don't gossip back. If they get treated unfairly, they don't turn around and do the same thing. They're not like looking to get even. They want to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And as a pastor, I want to tell you, that's been a hard lesson to learn. And I'm still learning it. Because many times, Pastor Colleen and I, we've had to face accusation. I know, shocker, right? Uh, Some people may have said stuff about us, and it might have even had a little bit of truth into it, but then a whole lot of exaggeration. Or many times, it's been completely untrue altogether. And, And I can think of a situation a number of years ago where we had to let an employee go, Uh, from the church, and I'm not saying when or where. How many of you have ever had to let somebody go if you're an employer? That's not fun, is it? You know, it's not like uh, you're fired, you know, see you later. It's really hard, especially as a pastor, but I ended up having to let this individual go. It was a very toxic situation. Uh, She went around telling all kinds of stuff about us spreading all kinds of things and uh, that were not true even in the slightest. And uh, Colleen and I, we had made the decision years ago, you know what, we're not going to fight back. We're not going to throw those words back. We're not, we didn't tell people, oh, here's the real story. Let me tell you what she did, you know. Let me, let me let you in on the real thing. And, uh, and, and what happened is that initially some people ended up leaving And after a little while, they ended up coming back because they're like, you know what? I knew I shouldn't have believed that. We need to allow our character to speak for itself. And here's the thing that we have realized. I can't let other people change my decision to do what is right. If I'm going to follow the Lord, I'm going to follow the Lord. Not like only when it's convenient. Not only, I I can't let other people change the principles by which I choose to live my life. I'm going to follow after Christ. Listen, if we do that, if we shift it, then we're no better than anybody else. Faithful people do the right thing. And that leads me to number three, that faithful people are dependable. And I know you guys are probably thinking, that was the first thing I thought of when you think of faithful, right? Someone that you can count on. I think in the, in the scripture, Paul sent Timothy to oversee churches because Timothy was faithful. Moses relied on Joshua because Joshua was faithful. And I believe that faithful people do what they say they're going to do. I mean, it really is that simple. If they borrow money, guess what? They actually pay it back on time. And they don't pretend. Don't, has this happened to anyone? Oh, I owed you money? Oh, I forgot all about that. You gave me a, oh yeah, that's right, I forgot you gave me, please, right? It's kind of like the uh, wimpy on Popeye's, right? I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Oh, is it Tuesday already? Right? No, faithful people repay. If they borrow, if they say they're going to be somewhere, say they're going to be, oh, I'll be there at 10 o'clock. Guess what? Not only are they not there at 10 o'clock, they're probably there early. Not 10.15, not 10.30, not 12 o'clock, whatever it is, they are there on time. If they commit to do a project, guess what? They actually finish the project and don't leave a mess for other people to clean up. Some of you guys are like, you're thinking of people, aren't you? (laughs) Who would raise their hand and say, I'm thinking of myself? No, don't raise your hand for that. So uh, when you put uh, leadership in, you can relax because I know it's going to get done. I don't have to stress about it. They're, they're dependable. They show up. And not only are they just not convenient, 
A lot of times today, people are like, oh, yeah, I'll be there. And then they don't make it there. It's like, well, it wasn't convenient. This came up. That came up. This situation happened. You can count on them. And again, as pastor, one of the top qualities that I look for, uh, you know, there are talented people. Right? There are gifted people, but if they're not a faithful person, it's hard to entrust them with anything. It's hard to entrust them. As a matter of fact, just like God, God gives us small things to be faithful in, and if we're faithful in that, then guess what? He begins to trust us with bigger things. And so those are your champions. Those people that are faithful, you can count on them. And that uh, leads me to number four. Faithful people bring healing, not conflict. They're problem solvers, not problem creators. Uh, scripture out of Proverbs 13 says this, A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a trustworthy, and the Hebrew word for that is faithful, envoy brings healing. And so uh, here's the thing. Faithful people, they don't gripe and complain. How many of you know our whole world's got something to gripe and complain about? Anybody ever go to work and you got something to gripe and complain about? things aren't right, then this is that, you know, I wish this happened. Uh, uh, you can come to a church, you can, there's always something, it's too hot, it's too cold, music's too loud, it's too quiet, I don't like this song, I want that song. Pastor's great though, everything else is, you know, no, I'm just, <laughs> at least I'm, I'm sticking with that story. So there's always something. Faithful people promote peace and healing. They don't add Right? You know what I'm talking about. And let me just say, in any family, in any church, in any uh, business or job site or just a circle of friends, how many of you know there are occasional fires that come up? Contention here, that here. I mean, if you don't believe it, wait till Thanksgiving, am I right? Those little things that pop up. And you and I get to decide that when there is one of those fires, uh, am I going to carry a gas can or a water can? I think the illustration says itself right there, right? There are some people that love to pour gas on every fire. I mean, they just walk around. I got my gas can. Where's a little issue, you know? And it's like, oh, and I, you know, let me pour it on that, right? They like to stir up things. They like to add conflict. They like to make things worse. We all know about pyromaniacs, right? People that love to see the flames grow. There are people, I believe, I don't understand it, but they're conflict maniacs. Oh, there's something. There's, let me add that fire to that. They're just looking for something that they can get people more stirred up. What can I do about that? They pour gas. But on the other hand, faithful people are the water can, and they are the peacemakers. They're looking to put fires out. Oh, when an issue pops up in the family, we don't like, oh, yeah, that Uncle Joe, you know. Yeah, you know what? He's a jerk. He is. He did. You know what else he did? No, we want to put the fire out. They want, that's what uh, uh, faithful people do. They're not interested in growing conflict. So I want to give an example. This is not from this church because from what I understand, this church has always had chairs. Am I right? Never had pews in here. How many of you know in some churches to remove the pews and take the, put in chairs, that becomes like World War III for some people. Right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? So I'm giving a uh, situation that has most likely happened in other churches. And uh, a church decided to change out their pews and they got chairs. And there's many reasons a church would do that. But here's where a fire that can come out of that. So I'm just going to read what I wrote down here. Why did they take out those pews? I'm just tired of all the changes that take place. Always change. Last Sunday I left. This Sunday the lobby's different. They're always changing stuff. 
Why did they take out my pews? I love my pew. My parents paid for that pew. I've always sat in that pew in the same spot, the same location. Right? How many of you can hear something like that happening? Now, here's the thing. A person with a gas can hears that conversation, and they say, you know what? You're right. I think that they took out those pews just to tick you off. <laughs> In fact, if you knew the real reason they took out the pews, you'd be even more angrier, right? Because I know the real story. I know that, how many of you know when you hear someone, I know the real story, watch out, they're a gas can carrier. They would say, they took the pews out because they don't want any of us pew sitters sitting around anymore. They're really after it. That's what a person that wants to stir it up. But the faithful person, the water carrier, might hear the same complaint, but I do want to put this in there. How many of you know water carriers hear less complaint than gas can carriers? You know why? Because the complaining person doesn't go there. Every time I go to that person, they just throw water on my fire. But if I can go here, oh man, I can get it worked up. So uh, if you seem to hear a lot of gripes and complaint, maybe you better think about, wait a minute, am I a gas can or am I a water can, right? So anyway, the water carrier hears that, complain about the pews, and they want to pour water on it. So they say, oh, you know what? Those pews, they were old. They're getting worn out. We needed something new. The chairs are much more comfortable, much more affordable than getting new pews. And not only that, we can actually fit more into the building, which means more people can come and hear about Christ and see their lives changed. How many of you see the difference there? One's going to put out the fire. And it may not put it out all the way because somebody that's insistent on being a fire, they're going to be like, man, let me go find somebody else to complain to. Where's the next gas can? So they put water on it. Listen, I could give other examples, but I don't want to get personal here, right? Because some of you guys may be here that maybe had a complaint about something. Uh, so I'm not going there. Uh, but how many of you realize that some people just aren't happy unless they're unhappy? See, you guys know those people, right? If you know anyone like that, don't point to them, number one. Secondly, determine to be a water carrier, right? When the complaints come out like, you know what, I, I want to put the water out. I want to put the fire out. I want to paint it in the right seat. If you hear someone complaining uh, about that person sitting in my seat, how many of you know that's happened? I've actually had that happen several times in the churches that we have pastored. Somebody dared to come in, never been to church before, or to that church, our church, and they sat in somebody else's chair. And somebody got worked up about it. And here's just what you to know, that, that, that we do not, we're not a movie theater, right? Today you can reserve your seats on the movie and come in and get that. Uh, we don't have the greeters hand out, and it's like, okay, well, here's the seats that are available that you can sit in. Because don't sit in that, because sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so, they sit in that chair. Don't sit in that chair. As a matter of fact, sit two chairs down from them at least, right? Because she's got to have a pot spot for her purse. No, we don't do that. We don't do that, right? We, we, if somebody comes in like that, just say, you know what? Isn't it wonderful that there's more people coming to hear about Christ? Amen. Isn't it wonderful that we're seeing, or, or maybe, okay, I may step on some tone, they complain about the style of music or the volume. Wouldn't it be better to say, you know what, isn't it great seeing people worship the Lord? Isn't that wonderful? See, those are, those are water can moments. So I want to encourage you, faithful people, let's be the water can. I don't want to be the gas can. I mean, let me just say, especially in California, right? No gas cans in California. They can be in some of those other states, not here. So number five, faithful people are trustworthy. Amen? 
You can trust them. If you tell them something, how many of you know someone else isn't going to hear about it? Not from their lips, right? Proverbs eleven thirteen says this, A gossip goes around telling secret, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Right? That seems so basic. How many of you know this is basic principles in healthy relationships? Amen? Proverbs twenty nineteen says this, A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. <laughs> right, somebody, now you just got permission. It's like, hey, listen, you talk too much. I can't hang around you, right? Not, I'm not talking about that. But listen, if you don't keep a confidence, you're going to damage relationships. You're going to destroy trust. And how many of you know you're going to lose friends? It's just the, it's the truth. Faithful friends don't betray your trust. You can go to them, and you know that, that they're not going to be telling your stuff to anybody else. Amen? Wouldn't you agree? How many of you like having faithful friends like that? Now, let me just say this, because this is important to say. There are times that you have to break a confidence. You're like, oh, no, what? Well, if somebody is going to harm themselves or somebody else, how many of you know you've got to love them enough to intervene? All right? If somebody's suicidal, it's like, you know, and they tell you that, they confide in you, that is actually a plea for help. To say, oh, I can't say anything, I can't do anything. Now they're going to take that as, well, I told them, and they didn't even care. They didn't even say anything. So we've got to intervene. But I want to tell you as well, if the law demands that you report, how many of you know we must report? There's a lot of stuff on news. And let me just say, some churches have been guilty of trying to cover up things that need to be reported because they don't want to make a big deal. And they've kind of covered in, oh, we just grace and we're forgiving and we're loving. Uh, Let me tell you, healing never starts that way. There are times that you have to report. We are not a church that's going to sweep anything under the rug. And let me just say, those situations are very few. But over the last 30 years of pastoral ministry, we've had to do that two times where we've had to call the police and report something. And uh, if that ever happens here, let me tell you, we're not going to be a church that tries to hide it. We're going to be open and honest because we want to protect the people that come to the church. Amen? Amen. And we want to honor God. I believe that's part of it. So uh, here's the thing. Faithfulness, it's a visible fruit, isn't it? You can actually see it. In a world that there's so much unfaithfulness, when you see somebody that is faithful, how many of you know they're easy to spot? It's like, oh, yeah, that person is faithful. Look what Proverbs 20, verse 6 says. Many uh, many a man claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find? Look at all the way even back in Proverbs. It's like, who can find the faithful person? God is looking. If you, you know, you will stand out in a crowd because faithfulness is hard to ground. If you go to work, whatever job that you may have, and you prove to be a faithful person, can I tell you, you're going to get promotions and raises way above everybody else. Even if somebody is more talented or more skilled than you, if they're kind of unfaithful, I mean, we had another employee another place, another time, that was uh, consistently uh, sick the day after payday. It was like, I could guarantee you, and he call, oh, I'm not feeling well today, you know, I'm not sure if we can make it in. It was like, of course not, yesterday was payday. So uh, let me tell you, you may have that, but if you're somebody that is faithful, you're going to get promoted, right? You're going to get those jobs. In school, and in, uh, in your family, Uh, In the church, let me tell you, faithful people are trusted, they're valued, they're rare, they're priceless, they're a treasure. Am I right? If you have a faithful friend, you better do whatever you can to keep that person in your life. Amen? If you have a faithful leader, you better follow them. Thank God for faithful people, amen? 
Number six, faithfulness leads to blessing. I love uh, Proverbs 28, 20. A faithful man will be, will be, not might be, will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. So God blesses faithfulness. He just does. Faithfulness is always rewarded. Now, let me say, it's always in God's time. Sometimes we want it in our time. I, I think I referenced this verse a few weeks ago, Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for at the right time you will reap a harvest. So when we are faithful, God will bring a blessing into our life. And faithful people, they don't resent other people being blessed. They're not upset. Oh, man, you know what? They got something. I didn't get it. No, that leads me to number seven, that faithful people celebrate others. They're not looking to one up. Oh, yeah, they did that. Let me do that. You know what? They got a reward in that thing. Let me try to do that. Let me one-up them one. The faithful people, they're generally happy for other people. And not the kind of happiness like that, like, oh, man, God blessed me with this new car. They don't go like, oh, well, good for you. <laughs> How many of you know the words may say good for you, but the actions are like, you're not happy about it at all. You're like, where's my new car? You know, I'm driving around in this jalopy. What's going on? They don't resent the fact that you got something that they didn't. They're not upset about it. They understand that blessings are the result of faithful obedience. As I stay faithful, uh, God is going to bless me. It's going to be in His time. And I'm okay with that. I don't want to have to rush God's timing because I know God knows what's best for me. Uh, God, when's my, when's my blessing coming? If all I'm doing, if I'm doing the right thing just so that I can get a blessing, how many of you know wrong motive? Yeah. Wrong motive. I want to do the right thing because it's the right thing. And in the process of doing that, God blesses us in his time. Amen? Number eight, uh, faithful people are peaceful. They literally, when you're around faithful people, doesn't it just kind of reduce the stress? I love what this, and this, this is such a great verse for this time of year. A trustworthy or a faithful messenger refreshes like snow in summer. How many of you guys would walk to walk out and it would be snowing out there after church? It'd be like, hallelujah. I must be in heaven, right? I mean, otherwise it's 90 degrees and smoky. I'm sure the fires, they would be loving to have a little bit of snow right now. But trustworthy messengers, it's refreshing. It's refreshing because you've been around people that aren't trustworthy. And how many of you realize you have to watch what you say? You've got your guard up. I can't tell them everything. I can't be too uh, exposed here because I know that whatever I tell them, they're going to tell somebody else. So you have your guard up. Uh, but when you get around somebody that's trustworthy, it's like, and it's so refreshing. And I like how it says this, it revives the spirit of the employer. Those of you that have been employers, or maybe you are, how many of you know when you've got a faithful person, it's like, ah, I know that they're going to get the job done. And you just rest in that. You relax in that. Can I tell you that uh, in 30 years of ministry, we've had a lot of people over the years that have wanted to do something. And Joshua, can you bring the, the, the football up to me? And we're thankful for that. Yes. And they're like, this, this football represents a ministry. And people have said, oh, pastor, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And so we've taken that and we've handed it to them. We're like, okay, there's that ministry. You can run with it. And that happens so many times. <laughs> How many of you know what I talk about? And so we're like, you know what? Okay, well, we'll pick it back up, you know? And it's like, and then they're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I know I dropped it, but can I do it again? And it's like, sure, okay, we'll trust you to do it again. And, and, and they start to do it. And then the next thing you know, oh, pastor, I can't do it anymore. 
and they pass the ball back to you. Can you imagine? Thank you. You can have a seat. Can you imagine a, a quarterback like passing the ball to somebody and the guy's like, mm, you know what? Here, you can have it back. I can't do it. You know what? I've got something on my schedule. I can't make it this week. Uh, faithful people, you can pass the ball, and you know they're going to run with it. Doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. Doesn't mean they're not going to uh, uh, struggle from time to time. But it's like when you pass it, faithful people are a relief and a relaxation. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. There are some pastors like, it's got to be done this way, that, you know, dot, 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 all the eyes, And then it's like, no, you know what? For us, we're like, here, have this ministry and you watch it flourish. I believe that's what, that's what it does. So it is refreshing to a pastor when someone is faithful and you can count on them. Amen? All right, I'm glad you agree with me. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number nine, uh, faithful people are consistent. They don't pick and choose when they will be faithful. Uh, you know what? This is a good week. I think I'll make it. Oh, I got something going on next week. Listen, faithful people say, I'm going to be consistent no matter what. I don't care when tr struggles come, when challenges, when I just want, uh, oh, just give me a day off. How many of you know you don't get a day off being a believer? God, let me just be, you know, what is the, what is the, the holiday before Mardi Gras? Yeah, isn't that like whenever, like, do whatever you want, repent, and then, you know, then all of a sudden you can be back in God's graces again. No, that's not even real. So don't live your life. You don't pick and choose when you're going to be faithful. I love what Jesus said in Luke 16. He says, if you are faithful in little things, and I referenced this earlier, he says, you will be faithful in large ones. But you, if you are dishonest in little things, you're not going to be honest with greater responsibility. And if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with the things of your own? How many of you realize everything that we have belongs to God already? It's all His, right? And, and people, I've heard, I've heard this, I'm just telling you, people have said, well, if I had more money, then I'd be a giver. If I, had, if I made a little bit more pastor, then I would begin to tithe. If I, if I had more money in the bank, then I would give to missions, Right? If I, or, or maybe this, if I have the opportunity to make a difference, then I would be faithful. Pastor, if you just put me on the worship team, team every week with the mic in my hand standing in front of the crowd, then I would be faithful and I would be there every week. Or if you would just put me in leadership, then I would be faithful. Then I, how many of you know that's not how it works? All right, that's not how it works. You don't get a position and all of a sudden sprout faithfulness wings. And let me just say this. Some churches have put people in position hoping that they would become faithful. And it's backfired on them. It didn't work that way. I, it, it, it always perplexed me. And so I told you I was going to reference one person in our body, and that is Randy. Where's he at? There he is. He's hiding in the sound booth. So uh, some of you that don't know, uh, Randy is our church admin. And he does a lot that you don't see. And let me say, he was put in that position before we became pastors here. We didn't know a whole, we didn't know anything about him actually. But I know this after knowing him over these almost four years, he was a faithful person before uh, Pastor, uh, thank you, Rob, put him into that position. It wasn't like, oh, who can I put in that position? Oh, you know what? Randy's hardly ever here. Let's put him in that position. No, and I'm just going to be honest with you because uh, when we first came to speak at this church and try out, which is going to be four years ago next week, I know. So what's that? 
and we're not going to be here, so we're going to be in Washington. We didn't actually start until October. Anyway, different story, but uh, we got here. We met the board. Uh, we actually met Randy, and I want to tell you that I already had a bad filter about that because we've had people in similar positions at other churches that were more push starters and not self-starters. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It was like, can you do this? Oh, sure, I'll do it. It didn't get done. I'd have to go back and remind them, did you not do it? Oh, no, I forgot to do it. Well, can you do it? Well, maybe tomorrow, you know. And so it's like, oh, you got a church admin. And I was just thinking, uh, do we really need that? I mean, come on. And, and, but let me just say, after being here for a very short time, Randy proved that he's very faithful. And it's like, I can't imagine now not having him in that position. And let me just say, faithful people, produce, they, they prove their worth. They don't just talk about it, they prove it by how they act, by the words that come out, by their actions. And, and so, yes, I did point out the one person. Let me just say, there's other faithful people here. Uh, you know who you are, right? So let me just say this. If we're not faithful with $1,000, why do you think God's going to give us a million? If we're not, guess what? If he gave us a million, we'd just be unfaithful with more. All right, oh yeah, thanks for the increase, Lord. Let me go do this. So if you're not faithful in a class, how many of you know you're not going to be faithful teaching a class? If you're not faithful when you're dating and engaged, guess what? You're not going to be faithful when you're married. I'm just telling you the truth. If you're not faithful serving when no one notices, guess what? You're not going to be a loyal and faithful board member. Right? It's just not, it doesn't happen that way. If you don't faithfully attend church now, you're not going to change just because you get a position or a title. Right? It's kind of the wrong mindset. Well, if God does this, then I will be faithful. If God opens this door, then I'll be faithful. If God does this, listen, if this is how it works, I'm faithful, and then watch God begin to open doors of ministry, influence, positioning you and I for blessing. It's as a result of that. We don't make that decision before. We say, okay, God, I'm going to be faithful. And then, God, let's see where you'll take me. Let's see where you'll take me. Because if you're faithful in the little things, God's going to put you in charge of more. Amen? So be faithful. If your job's cleaning toilets, make them shine, right? Right. Clean the toilets, right? Make them good. If you're hired at your position for the lowest position possible, don't look at it like, well, I'm really not that important. No, treat it like the most important job. Like, I'm here. I'm going to do the best thing I can and watch God elevate you. Be faithful in the little things. God is going to bless you with more opportunity. So how do I do it? This is where the rubber hits the road right here. We've got to be faithful in the moment. Instead of thinking the big, you know, oh, I've got to be faithful for a whole lifetime. How am I going to do that? Stop thinking about next week because how many of you know you can't do anything about next week? Next month, don't worry about that. I need to be faithful in this moment right here, right now. God, how do I, you know, you guys all made it here to church. How many of you know you were faithful right here, right now? Forget the past, forget the future. You made it, right? And and I think this applies to every area of our life. We have to ask ourselves, what does it mean to be faithful with my financial decisions? What does it mean to be faithful to my spouse? to my family, to your job, your friends, your church? How am I uh, faithful with my relationship with God? i got to make that decision right now. God, I want to be faithful in this moment. And if you've been unfaithful, how many of you know this is the time to change? 
This is the moment to change right now. Okay, God, I'm turning this stuff around. May, you may have to have a conversation with someone and say, you know what, I haven't been able to, I know you haven't been able to count on me. I get that, but right now I'm beginning to make the change. And how many of you know, when that happens, a lot of people aren't going to believe you. Isn't that true? It's like, yeah, sure you are. Sure you are. Well, listen, you just prove it to them. Every day, every week, you do what you're supposed to do, and you watch God begin to change things. Listen, if you haven't been faithful at church, how many of you know it's time to change? We can always come up with an excuse, right? Remember the peanut butter excuse? One excuse is as good as another. It, it's time to get right. Well, you know, and here's the thing. Statistics say that, that people, if they have attended church one time out of a month, then they consider themselves faithful. Let me tell you, it's time to buck the trend. Amen. If you haven't been faithful, even with your word, your promises, may, oh yeah, I'll be there. And then you back out of it on a regular basis. It's time to start now. If I said it, there was a time when we said our word meant it. Now we got to have the contract. Did you write it out? Did you prove that I actually said that? No, people used to be people of their word. Faithfulness starts in this moment. So begin to show up, finish, complete the assignment, keep your word, be faithful, right? And like I said, don't worry about the whole lifetime. I believe moments of faithfulness lead to a lifetime of faithfulness, right? If I can be faithful in this day, you know, what is today? The 24th, right? Then, uh, then, then I can be faithful this day. I want to, then tomorrow morning when I wake up, God help me to be faithful today. And then Tuesday comes on. God, help me to be faithful today. All of that. So here's the thing. Faithfulness is being faithful one moment at a time. One moment at a time. And I believe that if, as we have that lifetime, listen, there are earthly benefits and rewards for that. But even more important, there are heavenly rewards. There's heavenly rewards. Because I believe for a follower of Jesus, the goal is to be faithful. How many of you agree with that? My goal, God, is to be faithful. We've been singing songs about him being faithful. And how many of you know, even if we're unfaithful, God is still faithful. And God is patient with us. He's waiting for us to become faithful. That is my goal in life. God, I want to be faithful to you. I want to be faithful to my family. I want to be faithful to my spouse, to my job, to my church, everything. And if you do that one day, you want to know what the promise is? You're going to hear these words out of Matthew 25. Well done, my good and what? Right, notice it doesn't say my good and talented servant. Doesn't say my good and gifted servant, my good and driven servant. No, faithful, faithful. What does it look like? So my challenge for you this uh, week, and, and uh, we'll have our prayer team come up, but my challenge for you is, is to evaluate your life. God, where do I need to be faithful? Where have I been dropping the ball? What do I need? What changes do I make? Because I don't know about you. I want to be faithful for a lifetime. I don't want to be faithful for part of my life, for a few windows of my life. I want to get to God one day and hear, well done, you good and faithful servant. And I know I kind of joke about it, but uh, in Corinthians it talks about how some, their work will be burned up by fire. And it says that they will make it like barely escaping the flames. I believe that there's some gonna be, aren't going to hear that. They're going to be like, whoa, you barely made it in, <laughs> right? I smell the, the burning on the hinge of your garment, right? Uh, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear good and faithful. So my prayer is, God, help me to be faithful. Help me to be more faithful. And you're thinking, well, you're a pastor. Aren't you faithful? Oh, man, let me just tell you, there's areas I can grow in. 
Every one of these fruits, I have not achieved 100% perfection. I'm still growing in all of them. How many of you agree that you're, you're still growing? I still need more joy, more patience, more goodness, more faithfulness. I need all of these things growing in my life. Because guess what happens? If they're not a fruit, it's either growing or it's dying, right? If it's not doing either, then how many of you know it's a fake fruit? <laughs> right? It's a plastic fruit. I don't want plastic fruit in my life. And so I've got to be growing in it. I don't want it to start shriveling up. God, I want more of you. I want more faithfulness in my life. Help me and show me the areas that I need to grow in. Amen? Is that a prayer that we can pray? Amen. Now, how many of you realize in order to have the fruit, you got to have Christ? Because he's the vine. We're just the branches. And so I want to give you an opportunity before, uh, before I pray over the fruit. Listen, if you're here today and you're like, you know what? I am not even planted in Christ. I know, I, I know of Jesus. I believe in him. But have you really surrendered your life to him? Have you said, Lord, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. I commit my life to you. So if that's you here today, can I actually have everybody stand up? If you're here today and you say, you know what, I want to make, maybe you made that commitment to Christ a while back, but you know uh, you haven't been, and you just want to make a fresh start with him. How many of you know God is all about fresh starts? So if I can just have everybody with your heads bowed, and if you just want to say, Pastor, pray for me, I want to make a fresh start in him today. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and then put it back down. Amen. Amen. I see several hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you love us. Lord, even when we don't deserve it. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful even when we're unfaithful. Lord, you are a faithful God. And so, Lord, in our struggles, Lord, we just want to make a fresh start and a fresh commitment. And, and if you raise your hand, I'm just going to have everyone pray this. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for loving me even when I haven't shown love to you. And I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart and be the Lord of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm also going to pray just to increase our fruit. If that's you, say, God, increase my fruit. I got my hands up. Just put your hands up and say, God, grow all of that fruit in my life. Lord, today as we lift our hands, we're saying, Lord, let that fruit. Lord, you know the areas we struggle. You know the areas where the fruit isn't so sweet. So, Lord, we're just saying increase that fruit in our life. Lord, we want to be a demonstration of who you are, Lord, to this world. And so, Lord, we thank you. As we sing this song, listen, if you need prayer, 